And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Because of the, the Wisconsin win on Saturday, it was a great day. I'm sure you're still beaming from it. We are not going to talk about the Cowboys for you. It's We're beautiful. not even going to do it. They don't deserve for us to talk about them. We don't talk <laughs> about the Jets on this show when they get blown out. And at this point, the Cowboys are in no better standing than that. They have to prove to me that we they deserve our time and energy and attention on this show for the, like the rest of the season. They're in the stank realm. Only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys, indeed. Only one team deserved to be called a football team yesterday, and it was not the team from Dallas. The Cowboys fall 25-3 the hands of the Washington football team, just like everybody predicted. Welcome into About Them Cowboys. I'm Kent Garrison. We're going to break down this game but remember, you can be listening to this show over at the Athletic app for only a dollar. Go to theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys, get on it, get your membership for a dollar, and make sure you're getting over there and getting all of our Cowboys coverage straight to you. But it's time to uh, look at this loss, and believe it or not, the Cowboys still have a chance in this division, but I have a feeling this conversation's not going to be that optimistic so, without further ado, let's welcome in our panel of Father John Mashoda and Kevin K.T. Turner. Take it away, K.T. Thank you very much, Kent. In the words of the great Samuel L. Jackson, hold on to your butts. Because uh, if this thing's ever going to get better, it's going to have to get worse for a while. And I think I was trying to create some type of reality in my head where... Um, we're not like talking about top five draft picks um, in October. I was trying to do that because I'd, I would like to discuss football games on a week-to-week basis because it's football season, right? Um, I would like draft season to happen after football season. Like I think there's enough time in the year to make that work. Uh, and then it just kind of turns out, you know what? It's just not going to work this year. And that's what happens when you lose all of your offensive linemen. That's what happens when you lose your starting quarterback. That's what happens when you have so many injuries. Um, and then you combine that with gelling a new coaching staff into a culture. And um, there's so many things. You can't even pinpoint one thing. 25 to 3, that to the to Washington. Look, you got beat by a by an Arizona team on Monday night. You got destroyed by them. But still in my head, foolishly, I was like, you know what? They can go with Andy Dalton and beat the Washington football team. And no, they were dominated the entire game. And here we are, 2-5, and five, and really no sign of sunshine, John. This is, uh, this one's going to get, this one's going to get ugly. They might not win another game this year. It's so bad. I mean, it is so bad. I did not think that it would get to this level when you go and bring in a new head coach who 
the thing you're pushing is his experience and the fact that he's won a Super Bowl. And we're not talking about a rebuild here. This was a team that went eight and eight, and that was a disappointment last year. That team should have won at least nine or ten games. But you're also talking about a, a team that made the playoffs two of the last four years. This isn't uh, Mike McCarthy wasn't come in or wasn't brought in, sorry, to cut, you know break down the roster and do a complete rebuild. And that's what it looks like is going to take now. Um, and and the and the worst part about it is that you don't even have anything on this team that you can hang your head on. Is like, well, they got this, and 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 this is this is good, so they can build off of this right here. I, I would say, okay, the injuries, you're you're going to get Zach Martin back, you're going to get Lyle Collins back. You'd think that you're going to get Tyron Smith back, Dak Prescott. I, I get that to a certain extent, but even. Early in the year, when you did have Dak Prescott and Zach Martin and even Tyron Smith for a little bit, it was already trending in this. And here's another one. You had those guys last year, okay? This is the part that really should make you worry as a Cowboys fan, and that's the fact that last season they started with three consecutive wins. Everybody was thinking, here we go. This this team's legit. They're making a run this year. They're going to fight for Jason Garrett last year of, of his, of his uh, contract. Well, since then, they've played 20 football games. And they've won seven of them. They're seven of 13 in their last 20 games. That's the exact same record that the New York Jets have in their last 20 games. And oh, the New York man. Jets are, without a doubt, getting the first overall pick in this draft. I mean, it's, it, that's how bad it is. And I'm, I, I'm not going to get all over the place, but I just want to throw this in here real quick, too. I'm just I'm amazed from my own perspective covering this team and how much worse I think it could be if Jerry Jones talked after games. Mike McCarthy doesn't even have to deal with that. He gets to deal with a, a, a very measured Jerry Jones that talks two days after, after he gets a chance to sleep on it and, 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 and be a little bit more conservative. I can't even imagine what Jerry would be saying every time that if we'd have to go outside the locker room and talk to him after the game. And I know there's a lot of people listening to this and saying he's the major part of the problem. And I get that. I'm not arguing that, that Jerry Jones isn't a major issue in this. Obviously, he is. he's the owner and general manager. There's no, there's no questioning that. But just how this team has played, particularly these last two weeks, you can't just sit there and lose your franchise quarterback and say, yeah, regardless of how much talent we have on the team, we're just going to completely collapse. And we're just going to like, anybody can just come in here and just bulldoze over us and just blow us. I mean, three points against that Washington team. That is so pathetic. Three points. Come on now. It looks so bad watching it because you, this is not the first time watching yesterday's game was not the first time in my head. I went, well, the other team's intensity is, just doubling ours. You know, that's that's the thing that I think bothers me more than than getting beat. Like, okay, you're going to get beat. You, you don't got the horses this year. All right. Ben DiNucci's got to come in and, and throw, throw some footballs. Yeah, obviously a problem. The real give-a-damn, though, is really not obvious. And I'm not calling out everyone there, but there are just times where this team has lapses where you can tell they're just not trying their hardest, at least in comparison to the other teams. And maybe it's easier to fly around when you're ahead. I I, I don't know, you know, but I, I, I just there's a there's a vibe of effort that it, that comes into play, and it makes me you should never question that ever. And this is not the first time we're doing that. At least I know I'm watching it and going. Well, yeah, it's quite clear that Washington's going to try harder than we are today. And it's quite clear that Arizona tried harder than we did the other night. That's bothersome. But, again, 
it should be a team of hungry young guys fighting for jobs, you know, and, and you, you have that at certain positions and you see it from time to time. But, you know, there's one thing that Jerry talked about, like uh, when, when Dak went down, Jerry, I remember, did an interview uh, probably on the fan and talked about adjusting expectations. I don't think adjusting expectations went from, well, we're not going to win again this year. You know, I think it went from, let's go ahead and still try to win the division. You know, do that again. We'll probably be doing that for another two or three weeks until the Eagles or someone finally gets a decent lead in the division <laughs> because technically the Cowboys would still be in it. But it's quite clear. You look at the schedule moving ahead. I'm like, the Bengals maybe. I don't know. The Bengals play competitively. Like, the Bengals are in games all the time. Um, you're going to get the Giants in, the, in, the, in Washington again? Okay. Maybe there ain't no one else on the schedule you're gonna beat. I'm just looking at it, like run through it. This team might not win again. This is very 2015, man. This feels exactly like 2015. Um, you know, I'm one of those guys too who's like conflicted about tanking too. Like I know there's a lot of fans who just want to let's just go ahead and reel off losses on purpose. I think that's a horrible thing to do culture-wise. Man, the good news. Don't have to be conflicted. This team's not good enough to beat anybody. So, like, they're just going to lose games. And we're not going to have the Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, top five draft pick talk today. But that's going to be an in-season discussion at some point for us because this team is not going anywhere uh, as currently constructed. It's just too many injuries and too many, too many holes on this roster. Yeah, and... and I know we're not going to go down that that hole, and I'm not going to get into it too much. But even with that, like even with two wins, it's too much to get Trevor Trevor Lawrence. You're not getting Trevor Lawrence. That two, already that's already hit. yeah. There's already too many. You've already won too much to get him. So uh, have fun. Like no, but it's heading down a direction where you're going to be looking at a top five pick. And I know that there's people out there that are excited about that to a certain extent that like the draft and know that that's the best way that you can turn this team around. But you know, there's still a lot of this season to be played and. When they officially are knocked out and, and, they're, and the talk of competing for an NFC's title can officially end from everybody, including the owner and general manager, then that's when you just got to play your young guys. You just got to put those guys out there, the Bradley and Nyes. Hey, Reggie Robinson, get out there. Let's see what you got. You know, I mean, two guys that were inactive last yesterday. I mean, that, that's what you're going to have to do because uh, they're just there isn't you just look up and down this roster and there's just not many guys you can say he's playing well or he's playing hard. And then like, I, w- I don't question the, uh, how hard Ezekiel Elliott and CD lamb are playing. I think that, th- you know, those are two guys that I think are trying their, their hardest to win games, but you can just tell it's even affected guys like that, who it's like, they're either, they're trying to do too much or when things start to go wrong, it just starts to snowball. I mean, CD doesn't drop passes like that. And the way he was dropping passes yesterday, I was like, what's going on here? That's, this makes no sense. And it's like they're just playing with such a small margin of error. And it also makes me wonder how bad some of these practices have been. You know, like, I, like I've said on here many a times, we get to watch the first 20, 30 minutes. It's really just take roll. We don't even get to see the quarterbacks out there, so we don't even get to see team drills. It makes me wonder how bad and how ugly it is there because when they go into these games, particularly the last two weeks with Andy Dalton as their starter, nobody's playing with any confidence. And so I'm thinking it's probably... It's, it's probably even worse in practice. It's probably really sloppy. They probably can't even execute simple plays. Um, it, it, it's, it's stunning. It really is. I can't believe that it's fallen to this level to where 
we're questioning the effort in multiple weeks. Usually if you have a bad effort week, you like, you see the team make up for the following. We can probably go over and above. And it's like, I'm watching it now these last two weeks. I'm like, Oh, it's just, this is how it's going to be for the rest of the season. Why, why are they going to turn it around now? Yeah. A part of me is kind of, I'm questioning myself. I'm like, Kevin, are you an idiot for not seeing this? Like that this is, was going to get this bad. And I just think I just, I don't know why. I just thought at some point they would start playing better. And then I mean, look, this this is gonna this is gonna happen to a lot of teams that lose their entire offensive line, and now their first two quarterbacks. We'll see how long Andy Dalton's out after that hit, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, but like, this would happen to a lot of people. I, I I'm having trouble with. I mean, there, there's a part of me that's like, okay, we should, do we have locker room issues? Given the Jane Slater report from last week, where a couple of uh, members anonymous, anonymously said, you know, uh, that the coaching was bad. Do like there's I, there's a part of me going, how much do you put on Mike McCarthy? There's a big part of me is going, man, I kind of feel bad for Mike McCarthy walking into this. I mean, this is not good for any coach. Like any coach could walk into this. It doesn't matter, dude. Bill Belichick walks into this. Are they winning a lot of games? I don't know. I feel like they're playing like front runners is what what they what they do because it's like a front runner just sits there and just cashes everything in and just goes home when everything isn't going their way and their full allotment of players aren't there and that's the way this team's playing like it's like yeah, yeah you know what I I know that we're in the worst division maybe in NFL history and and sure you know even if we played hard we probably would be in it all the way to week sixteen uh, week seventeen. But nah, we're good. You know, I'm 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 all set with this. We're not going to do anything. Um, I I don't really know about this coaching staff. Let let just you know, COVID. Let's just cash this thing in. This is this was just a bad year to begin with. I thought it was interesting after the game that when Andy Dalton, you know, was or uh, when Ezekiel Elliott was asked about Andy Dalton going down, he was he was asked. So what was what was your immediate thoughts? What was going through your mind when you saw that? And he just talked about like how well. It's just about how shitty this year has been. And and I feel like that's the way the team feels. Like kind of just like, yeah, everything's just snowballing. There's just everything's going wrong for us. Let's just Yeah. Let's just let's just let's just end this thing. And, but but you can end it. You have to still play football games and people are still paying money to watch you play these football games. And because you're the Dallas Cowboys, a lot of these games are still gonna be on primetime TV. Like at some point. You have to be like, well, I'm going to play hard just because I can't be putting out this awful play out on tape. But football's a tough game, man, because it ain't like basketball where you can just like, hey, I'm going to play hard and people will see it because there's only five other, there's only five guys on the court going against each other. You need all 11 to be bought in or it's going to look like what you saw on Sunday. And also you're the Dallas Cowboys. You're the, the biggest franchise in the world of sports. So like that's a part of it as well. It's almost like I had a friend, I don't want to put him on blast or whatever, but they were talking about like during the pandemic, like which we're still in, I guess. But like late in the pandemic, he was talking about his kids' sleeping routines and his, him and his wife were like, like, look, like we're, not, we're going to sleep at weird hours and we're like waking up late and the kids have no routine and the kids are staying up till 2 a.m. And uh, I was like questioning him about that. I was like, why don't you make your kids go to bed at like a reasonable time? To get them ready for school when school starts. Once you get them back, I'm just giving some parenting advice, even though I don't have kids. And he goes, pandemic, bro. And I'm like, well, you can't just say pandemic, bro. We've been in the pandemic since March. Like, you can't just say 2020's been a shit show. I throw it up. 
lose. That, like you that, can't do that. And I get what Z, I get what you're saying there, but like I'm, I'm, I'm like I, you can't I think just blame everything on the world sucking. <laughs> it, it's it's more of I think that they, you know, Zeke probably more than most people uh, a few weeks ago uh, against the Giants. They saw their season end when it was sitting yeah. on the field being carted off, right? So yeah, I think that's more of, of what it is. It's like it doesn't matter really how good okay. everything is around us because we okay. don't have Dak and we're not going anywhere without him. And, and and that's fine. And I understand that as a human being to have those thoughts. But I want everyone to remember these two games, and there's probably going to be more like them at the end of the season and in the off season when anybody wants to blame this on. COVID, not having the regular offseason, new coaching staff, no preseason games, and injuries. Because that's going to be brought up a lot, yep, I feel like, yep. within the organization. And that's bullshit. There really is. That, there is no yep. reason for that because that's not – those things aren't – those don't factor into the way they've played these last two weeks. Yeah, they yeah. weren't going to probably win the games. That's fine. But the way that they've played in those games, I don't care what offseason you had – I don't care what your new coaching staff is. I don't, I, I don't care about you losing guys to being injured. You have to play better as professional football players than you have these last two weeks. You know, let's go to the third third quarter where uh, you know Andy Dalton takes a big hit from John Bostick. Really a, a headhunting, dirty play. Um, I really don't know John Bostick's reputation as a player. I don't, I don't know if that even matters. But he clearly went at his head there. Andy Dalton uh, will be in concussion protocol. We certainly look like we're uh, gearing up for some Ben DiNucci uh, versus the Eagles on Sunday. Are we are we, uh, are we too early to start flexing games? Because NBC, I mean NBC, I guess will take the, <laughs> NBC. I'll take the Cowboys anytime they can get them. I guess, but man, the Cowboys and Eagles on Sunday Night Football seems kind of like a slap in the NFL's fans' face. Just the, the standard NFL fans' face. There could be a lot of fans that want this disaster to be televised, though. Yeah, absolutely. And and NBC's okay with it too. Promise. Uh, but Mike McCarthy in the in the post game, uh, you know, was asked about um, the team responding to that play or, or the lack thereof. Um, I'm going to take the quote from your article, John, which you've written on the Athletic, and everyone should go check that out. Uh, Mike said, "We speak all the time about playing for one another, respecting one another." That was definitely probably not the response you would expect. And then there was a follow-up question, and McCarthy snapped back quickly. I've answered the question. Can we go on to the next question, please? Can we talk about this real quick? I wanted yes. to point this out because that's a very interesting, and I probably didn't do a good enough job explaining it in the article, so I'll explain this right now. The reason I put his response and the follow-up on there is because I will say without question – since Mike McCarthy's become the Cowboys head coach, that's the most pissed off that we've seen him on the outside. Because I've thought for a long time he's done a good job of staying very even keel. It's not like stuff just started going bad Sunday in Washington, okay? Yeah. And there hasn't been any point where I've even seen, whether it be at practice, the way he deals with us, on the sidelines during games. Now maybe having a mask over your face, shields, maybe some cussing or something like that. We haven't seen him like real, real pissed off where you can tell he's just frustrated. And on that follow-up question, the way he basically didn't want to talk about it anymore, that's the first time that I've seen that from him publicly. That's not to say he hasn't done that behind the scenes with some, you know, 
lackadaisical play in practice or at halftime of some of these dumpster fire games like Washington, like Atlanta. That's probably happened. But that's the first time that we've got to see that. And so I thought that was very interesting. That's why I included that. Go ahead. Over under how many quarterbacks start for the Dallas Cowboys this year? The over under is three and a half. Yeah, I would have to go. Well, for starting games, I, I, I'm set on three. I think that's a good number. Uh, if I had to pick over or under, I would go over just because who knows if if something is is to happen to Ben DiNucci. But I do think that Ben DiNucci will be the starter if Andy Dalton can't go against Philadelphia. And then the thing is with Andy Dalton is that the concussion is likely going to keep you out a week. Sometimes it'll keep you out too, but. You know, we, we didn't get a chance to talk to Andy after the game because when you're in concussion protocol, you don't get to talk to, to players, obviously. They don't make yeah. them available. Um, but in talking to Ben DiNucci, he said that, you know, he had talked to Andy. He was in good spirits. He seemed to be doing better. But he said that he did not remember that play at all. So obviously, oh. you know, that that's not a good sign. But um, like he did fly back to Dallas with the Cowboys yesterday. So that's a good sign um, that he had to be feeling a little bit better. Uh, or I don't think they would have put him on a plane, you know, a couple hours after a game or a couple hours after sustaining a concussion. And so um, you would think that that's good news, but concussions are just, they're difficult to project. You know, I mean, Zach Martin obviously had one on Monday night and that prevented him from playing in this game. Uh, So will he be back this week? We don't know, but I mean, we'll say Andy Dalton doesn't start this week, but I would think he gets back to being the starter, you know, the following week. So I would say, yeah, three is a pretty good guess, but now if you put the over-under at three, for quarterbacks that play for the Dallas Cowboys this year in a game, I'm definitely going over because I would think that there might get to a point where they're putting in some other, maybe even Garrett Gilbert gets some snaps. I mean, yesterday I was thinking of Ben DiNucci. I mean, Ben DiNucci took some hits. I'm like, we're, we're a play away here from Blake Bell getting in and having to finish this game at quarterback. Yeah, no, that's what I was kind of, I was thinking about that too. I was like, this is going to get, it just feels like 2015. I know it's not, I've said that a million times, but like, um, in fact, I was kind of dangling out the idea. It's like, man, are they going to trade for like a quarterback again? Uh, but this is a little different than trading for Matt Castle, thinking you can maybe win it. Uh, and biding time until, you know, Romo gets back or whatever 2015 was. Um, this is, uh, you know, I can see them adding another quarterback, right? Uh, because if, if, let's just assume Andy Dalton's out next week. Let's assume that. Uh, and we'll update you on the, the podcast that we have later in the week. Um, but Ben DiNucci, Garrett Gilbert, they're going to bring someone into the quarterback room. So you'll probably see them make a move, and that's always interesting to see what a team does when they're on the – you know, man, I, I I would be interested in someone like a Josh Rosen, but I know – I mean, he's on the practice squad in Tampa Bay. You'd, you'd have to work that out. But I would be interested in, in a project like that. But, you know, Mike McCarthy's thing, one thing about him, though, strength of working with quarterbacks, right? That's a thing that that he would t- he would tell you to his face. I can work with the quarterback, so um, you know we'll we'll see if they can put Danucci in a position that you know, it's just tough because you're running out you're running out a very shoddy offensive line at this point. Um, I I I I, th- I feel like we got a bye week coming in two weeks, uh, so you got to get two more games in and then the bye week. You're gonna be Probably two and seven going into the bye. I was looking at all the teams that you have the same amount of wins as, or, or fewer, right? So here are the teams with two wins. You got the Eagles, then you got the Chargers. I think we can all agree the Chargers are better than the Cowboys, right? Yeah, Clearly. KT, everybody's better than the Cowboys right now. I don't know if they would be even the Jets. The Jets? 
really? don't know if they would beat the Jets. I don't know that. Seriously. I, when you can't stop wow. anybody running the football, like Antonio Gibson, he's never had more than 55 yards in an NFL game. He had 72 in the first quarter. Like Everything starts with that. If yeah. you cannot stop the run, you bring up 2015. That's the last time they had real significant problems stopping the run. They allowed over 200 yards against the Washington football team. That's not a good running football team. They've allowed over 200 yards rushing in three of their last four games. If you go back from 2016 to 20 through 2019, that's 67 games in four seasons. There was only twice that they allowed over 200 yards rushing. One of them was the playoff game against the Rams. In 67 games, they've done that three times in the last four games. It doesn't matter about the offensive line injuries. It doesn't matter about not having Dak. It doesn't matter not being able to get a running game going. It doesn't matter about how bad you are at defending on the back end. If you can't even stop a team from rushing all over you, nothing else matters. You're not going to win that game. So I don't know if they can even beat the Jets right now. So how do they get better this year? Or, is, or do we just take the medicine now and say they don't? Yeah, I don't think they get better this year. <laughs> I think exactly what you said, KT. I think it's a, who are our young guys? What's our future? How much experience can these guys get? How can we salvage the health of our future franchise players um, and not, you know, absolutely kill these guys? But, uh, (laughs) But yeah, I don't think there's any, any chance at any kind of competing in this, in this division. I mean, and even if, I mean, you fall, Bass backwards into an NFC East title here. Um, you're you're going to be swiftly ejected in the first round of the playoffs by whatever whatever team it ends up being. Um, so so yeah, I, I I think the main the main concern here for the front office for the players even should be the future of this team and how can we become bet- a better football team because you know like I said uh, in the open there um, that didn't resemble football. Uh, I mean, it was dudes that are on a football team trying to do something, but there was no cohesion to any part of what Dallas had, uh, you know, out there on the field on Sunday. And again, you know, like like Robert Mesa in our intro there, the Cowboys are at the point where they're not even worth talking about. It's not even like they're so bad. They're they're like they're Jets territory. They're they're. Maybe worse than the Jets. I would take the Jets over the Dallas Cowboys right now if they were to meet this week. If that was the game this week, I'd probably take New York to get to to get it up. And, um, and if the Cowboys want, and if people, Cowboys fans want to see change, this is exactly what you want because right. this is Jerry Jones's worst nightmare: is apathy. He hates that more than anything. And so, if it keeps going down this direction, that is how you will see significant change. And I would say the biggest concern going forward for the rest of this season is for the Cowboys front office: Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones to figure out if they have the right head coach and the right coaching staff, because there's only so much you can do with turning over this roster. I mean, it's, this isn't college football. Okay. You got guys that are signed to long-term contracts. So you have to identify, do you have the right coaching staff to turn this thing around and, and make this thing something where it's headed in the right direction? And if you don't, do you know who the next head coach is that you want to hire that, you obviously can't take the risk of this happening again. So it would have to be somebody that you feel even more confident about than you do about this current coach who you really were pushing heavy that he's won a Super Bowl. So I don't know who if that person's even out there. So you might be bought into this coaching staff for the long haul. Is it the right coaching staff for this organization? Is it the right coaching staff to do a complete turnaround? Who does? I mean, I, I agree with you. 
I still can't see them making a change at head coach. But if this thing snowballs, I guess. Does it matter that they gave Mike McCarthy a five-year contract? Does I don't that think, matter? No, I don't think so. Especially, like I said, if apathy sets in, that's the thing that bothers Jerry Jones the most. If there aren't people buying gear, obviously they're only letting about 25000 in the stadium. What if they can't even get 25000 for for one of these games, you know? And and, yeah. and if their TV ratings continue to plummet, he stays up on all of that stuff. He knows what all of that is. When, when people start showing there that there's not the same interest, that's what can force you into a change right there. Um, but I agree with you. I mean, if we're, we're setting Vegas odds right now, no, I, I don't think Mike McCarthy is getting fired in the, the year. I think if you follow the track record of Jerry Jones, what he'll probably do is force Mike to, you know, make some adjustments on the coaching staff, you know, so it looks like you're making change. We've seen it with Jason Garrett. I mean, look how many assistant coaches he's yeah. went through during that run. So I think if anything, that's what happens. I don't think Mike McCarthy gets changed out, but you could see a complete overhaul of that defensive staff. Um, and I don't know how much that makes Cowboys fans listening to this podcast right now feel that much better. But sure. no, I, I would say, yeah, that, that, if I'm betting right now, Mike McCarthy's the coach again next year uh, throughout all of next season, really. Um, but that's what they need to be evaluating is, do we have the right coaching staff? And if we don't think we do have the right coaching staff, who is the next head coach that we think can get this thing fixed and turned around? Because here's the thing. Jerry didn't want to go college route because he didn't want to have the turnaround of the, you know, you're going to need like a year or so to kind of turn this thing around. Generally college coaches just don't come in and just build off what you've done. So if he's looking at this right now, like this is something that needs to be rebuilt and we do have high draft picks. Maybe it opens his eyes up or maybe it makes him more willing to look at a college coach. And believe me, I'm not sitting here saying that's the answer. I'm just throwing out possibilities. Well, Matt rule was doing something good with that Carolina Panthers roster and, I mean, honestly, Kingsbury didn't have a bad first year as a coach with a pretty bad roster, and he's turning their, them around. I still, I think they're probably an eight and eight type of team again. But like, uh, I don't know if I'd buy into that whole like a college coach. It takes a year to turn that around. I, I think that still goes back to your roster, you know. Uh, but you know, Mike will have every chance in the world to sell himself to Jerry and say, "Look, Jerry, what do you want from me? Dak got hurt in week five. The offensive line, everyone's gone. Like, what do you want from me? Oh, we didn't like, have the can... normal offseason. We didn't get preseason games. Yeah, you know, we I mean, didn't it's... have the normal time to put in our system. All this stuff's going to factor in. And that's why I'm saying, like, there's very little chance that Jerry would – the only way Jerry would go in another direction from Mike is if he already had somebody lined up that, like – and <laughs> I hate to even say this because I don't want to put this in anyone's minds because this isn't happening, okay? Remember what I'm saying right now. This isn't happening, but – if he had like a Nick Saban or a Bill Belichick or somebody that was like, I'll, I'll turn this thing around, you know, then yeah, I could see him going. But that's not happening again. I'm not saying that's going to happen. That rare, rare, rare circumstances. Boy, the Patriots look pretty bad at two and four. Uh, hot seats for Belichick? No, I'm kidding. That's yeah, I'm you not want to talk about a guy that had a lot of, lot of players opt out for COVID, you know, his franchise quarterback, <laughs> his, his franchise quarterback went to Tampa. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think he would be okay in, in Dallas if he had the job. I am. Um, did you? I, I didn't really, didn't really pop a lot, but I was obviously we're going to give him a lot of, a, a lot of leeway here. Randy Gregory made his return yesterday. Didn't obviously do much, but you can say that for about ninety eight percent of the roster. Um, but obviously, good to see him out there. Uh, but that's another one of those like young guys. Still seems weird that we're still calling him a young guy, but he kind of is. You're kind of watching and saying, wondering, can I bank on him moving forward, or can he help? Me, can he help me moving forward? Uh, your thoughts on his uh, season debut? 
Yeah, he only got the six snaps, and I, and that surprised me. I thought he'd get a lot more, especially in a bad, bad game than that. So, But I agree with you on that. And, and, and not only you know with him, it's Bradley and I, it's Dorrance Armstrong. See what you have with those guys. See if those guys are, are worth keeping around. Um, because you, let's... <laughs> I know you hate getting into this one, we're, and we're going to do it plenty in future episodes. No, you're but fine. like, if you got a top five pick, you have to seriously concern consider a, an, an edge rusher there. You really do. So that's why I'm throwing this out here. It's like, yeah. So then you got to Marcus Lawrence under contract. You have Randy Gregory. So you you know you mix in a nye, you mix in Dorrance Armstrong. Is that enough? And if it's not, and if like, because I'm thinking like last year's draft. Let's say the Cowboys ended up with a second pick in the draft. You have to take Chase Young there, you know, if they were in that same yeah. situation as Washington was last year. So I, I'm not saying it's the biggest need on the, on the team. I think um, defensive back is a bigger need. I certainly think defensive tackle is a bigger need. And even offensive tackle is is a bigger need than edge rusher. But it is interesting to start looking at some of these guys now, and I think it makes sense to play them. Yeah. And I do think Randy Gregory will get more snaps going forward. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You know, they have six picks in the first four rounds of next year's draft. You have a trade deadline coming up, right? So, and it's not Madden. Obviously, NFL trades aren't aren't like baseball or, or the NBA where, you know, you can just start swapping salaries and things like that. Things are a little different in the NFL. But uh, I'm wondering if you have some guys who you could throw up there and maybe maybe score it, a late-round pick moving forward. And it doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense, but look at some guys with maybe some expiring contracts who maybe 
another team might want, um, like, you know, an Anthony Brown even, who's on a one-year deal. You know, what could you get for Anthony Brown? Could you get a sixth, you know? You'd take well, that, right? Okay, hold on. What about this? And I don't think this is going to happen. Again, let me state I don't think these things are going to happen. But I would think if you are a serious playoff contender and you have hopes of making a po- deep postseason run, why wouldn't you be interested in Alden Smith? I mean, I'm not saying yeah. like it, things haven't oh, yeah. gone well this year, but if you add Alden Smith to a team that's winning, he clearly has shown that, hey, there's not much rust there on a guy that hasn't played in a long time. Like, why wouldn't you be interested in that? Um, and that we did yes, see, sir, dude. We, we did see some, some flashing a little bit, a very little, but did see something out of Everson Griffin too. If you mix him in again, the reason I mentioned those, because pass rush is just so valuable and there are good teams that don't really even have, I mean, I don't know that, I don't know, I look at Seattle last night, I don't know that their pass rush is just so great that they can't afford to bring on another, another, you know, good player, but. Well, then Smith would be great for them. Um, but I would think of that. Now, in terms of on the roster, a piece that would get the most in return for a trade, uh, I think it would be Michael Gallup. And I don't think that they want to trade Michael Gallup, but if you if you want to say, you hey, John, KT, look down the roster and tell me what, what piece on this roster could they get the most for that there would be even a sliver of chance that they might be interested in. If someone came in there and blew their doors off with an offer to, for Michael Gallup, I, that's one that I, I, could, I could see just because CeeDee Lamb's not going anywhere. Amari Cooper's contract prevents him from going anywhere. That's one That's one particular spot. And because Cedric Wilson has elevated himself, um, that's that's the only thing. But again, I don't, I don't think that happens. I don't either, but I just want to say this. I know the fan base loves Michael Gallup. I love Michael Gallup. I thought he should have been taken away earlier than he was in, in that draft. Uh, based on his film at Colorado State, uh, we always talk a lot about like devaluing the running back. I'm not trying to devalue the wide receiver, but I'm telling you, if there's a, a spot you can replace a guy in in the third round, it is wide receiver. If you are evaluating your guys correctly, you can find some good wide receivers late in the draft, and that's why we had DK Metcalf and Chase Claypool, and even Michael Gallup, guys who aren't the first wide receiver in the draft coming in and contributing. Uh, you know, uh, to, to teams and I could go and name a, a, a ton of different examples. I would just have to pull up, uh, you know, the wide receivers from the last few drafts and you'll find a ton of guys who were second, third, fourth round picks who really contributed to their teams and weren't necessarily that top pick. So Terry I, mean, I do think Terry McLaurin, one of the, you know what he's turning into, if he had a really good quarterback play, turning into one of the best wide receivers in the league. Like, hey, let- the, quick, you, I'm, I'm saying if, if if someone wanted to give you a, a fourth for Gallup or something, or if someone wanted to give you some type of something for, for Gallup or multiple picks, I would do it. I, mean, I wouldn't hesitate about it. Going back to, going back to the this rebuild is on. <laughs> going back to this pass rush thing real quick. Mentioning Alden Smith made me think of this. How weird is it how, how bad this team has played? I need to go back and check the stats on this, but... I'm going to give you three names, <laughs> and all three of them contributed something, enough that they played majority of the games they were in. But what do you think the Cowboys' record is in the games when they had Alden Smith, Michael Bennett, and Greg Hardy? Like, how bad have they been in those games with those three guys when everyone kind of looked at it as like, hey, these guys are still producing it, you know, a little bit. Obviously, Michael Bennett not as much as the other two. 
And those seasons and those games have been absolute train wrecks because Greg Hardy was all of the two, 20, 2015 season. That was just awful. When After they traded for Michael Bennett, like that team was just awful last year. There was no fight in that team at all. He's the one yelling in locker room at, at guys. And then Alden Smith starts out this year, and you're just like, how did they find this diamond in the rough? And this season yeah. is epically bad. Like, I don't understand. Like, is it like... Like, you just can't fit a new piece in here. I mean, it's not like those guys were bad. They had to play in the majority of the games that they've played in. And sure. and I thought they were solid, you know? Well, yeah, no, no, I think that's interesting. Let me ask you this, because it's got me thinking about the, the defensive side of the ball. So you do this new scheme or whatever with Mike Nolan. So say we're, we're, we're assuming health on defense as well, right? Say you bring back... Uh, we're going to do the Rod Marinelli defense again. We're, we're running it back, and we're going to try to – maybe we'll get some turnovers. How much of this is chalked up to scheme change? How much of this is chalked up to effort? How much of this is chalked up to not having the horses? Like, Is this defense better than what it is right now if we're in the Rod Marinelli scheme? Because I got, I got to say I think it is just based on comments and stuff, you know, from, from players earlier in the year, but – yeah, I, I, I do think it is, but let me bring up a quote, though, that I thought was a very good quote, and I know the source that it's coming from is going to make people automatically dismiss it, but I think it has a lot of validity to it, and it's a very long quote, and I tweeted it out the other day, and I'm not going to read it word for word, but it comes from Mike Nolan, and I thought it was very interesting about how he talked about how you can't just be the basic a basic defense that's just real simple, basically like a one-call defense. Because while that'll be fine and you'll be able to win some games here or there, what what the problem is is that when you get to the playoffs and you face a guy like he mentioned, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, yeah, he's like, and you're doing stuff like that, and he's and you don't have anything, as he said, in your bag, like anything to throw them off, then you're bringing a knife to a gunfight, and and what's going to happen is, yeah, you might make the playoffs. And, but what's going to happen is then you're going home once you play one of those good quarterbacks. And is that really the goal? You know, and it's not. And I know tweeting that out, some took it as probably a shot as the previous defensive regime of how, yeah, it was good enough to win some games. You put up some decent stats, but ultimately it was never going to be good enough to beat any of the elite quarterbacks. Like, let's say he mentioned a Baltimore who's very multiple on the back end. Their system's been in place for a long time. They, they, they're great at disguising and, and, and it makes it difficult on opposing quarterbacks. And so there is a part of that when he said that that made me think, you know, that there is a lot of truth to that, that and Mike McCarthy would, would agree with this. This is a thing that they're trying to transition in, into a more modern defense that can be more multiple. And the problem is that I don't know that they have the I don't know if they have the guys on this roster that are going to be able to make that full transition because of what they're used to playing and then the, in the scheme that they're used to playing best. And so that's also what's going to have to be probably turned around and changed in the draft process. And if it isn't for this coaching staff, just for the future of the Dallas Cowboys defense, and that's that you're going to have to be more multiple on defense. And so it's just very interesting looking at all the different routes that they could go, especially when you have a top draft pick. I think that all factors in because um, while I think that a scheme change has, has negatively impacted this defense, I also don't think that it's to the point where they should be playing this poorly. I mean, yeah, you have to be able to ask – to do some different things and be able to adapt. And, and there just doesn't look like there's very much adapting at all. Um, so I just want, I think everyone needs to keep that in mind. I know it comes from Mike Nolan, so it's probably being dismissed, but I think there's a lot of truth to that. 
No, 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 I agree with you, man. Bad is one thing, but the level of how bad is the thing that slaps you in the face and makes you really start asking some questions. Um, like you can, you can easily go. Look, the injuries are here. We don't got the dogs. We're gonna go fight hard, stay in some games, be competitive. You know, and I think that's what a team like uh, the Bengals does. Now we know the Bengals are you know a growing team and trying to build that thing up, but that the Bengals is still a bad team when you look at it, right? Still a bad team. Pretty much up and down the death chart. Um, but competitive almost every week. At least trying to stay in games. Things like that. Uh, this team's not going to be good enough to stay in games. This is going to get really ugly. Um, so I don't know, man. I I, I feel like... I, I, I didn't want it to be before Halloween and already like... Well, here we go. Loss. 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 And you're not even talking about the games and things like that. But look, th- quite frankly, that's two weeks in a row where Cowboys fans across the nation are sitting there in the third quarter going, man, I think I'd just rather see what I was. You know what? There's some pretty good action happening on the Red Zone channel here. Let's uh, you know, flip it over there real quick. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought back to the Cowboys. Okay. Uh, or, or maybe they're watching the whole Cowboy game, but they're just bored by it, or they're like in awe of what they're seeing because it's so terrible. I don't know, man. you just like to see a better performance. So you get the Eagles Sunday night. The Eagles are by no means a good team. Uh, they're better than you are, though. But it'd be nice to go see them keep that to a one-to-two-score game for as long as possible. It's just hard to do when Ben DiNucci is going to be your quarterback, most likely. And your defense cannot keep you in games. I mean, your defense gets a stop yesterday, and on your first offensive possession, you get sacked, and it's a safety. And I remember going, I was watching the game, and I was I remember going, they're about to get sacked. I said it out loud. I said, they're about to get sacked right here. Because you see the Redskins kind of load up the line, and here they come. You just kind of knew it was going to happen, and you knew what kind of day, uh, knew what kind of day it was going to be right from the beginning, man. Yeah, and that's the worst part about watching these games. It's like if they would have lost to Washington, you know, 27-24 and, you know, they lost in the end and you're just like, yeah, this team's just not good, you know, but it, at least at least there's there's great effort and you're getting to develop some younger guys and and if it was 27-24, there'd obviously be more positive to talk about. You'd see other guys flashing and things like that. It's when these games aren't even competitive. That's when you're sitting there and you're just like, well, if these guys don't care about it, why would I care to sit there and take the three hours out of my Sunday to even watch this stuff? That's the part that gets really bad. And 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 the part that I kept thinking about is that we've now seen multiple games this year where you're questioning the effort and how much the guys care. And it just keeps dawning on me where I would never say that during Jason Garrett's decade of their he- being their head coach that there were never games like like that. There definitely were games like that. But it's getting to the point right now where there's more in this one season than I seen yeah. from all of Jason Garrett's time as head coach. And the reason I like bringing up Jason Garrett in this conversation and have in the past is because that wasn't good enough. Like if the previous head coach of the Dallas Cowboys was Bill Belichick, I, I don't know that I'd be bringing up as much. I'd be like, guys, what did you really think? You weren't going to get the Belichick level. Like there's not going to be another guy that's just like Bill. He's he's maybe the greatest football coach of all time. Like we're not going to get, no, I'm comparing it to a decade, huge sample size. That's what's fun about this too. A decade of it. And already in one season, it's, it's showing signs of being worse than things we've seen for that entire decade. That's the part that people should probably be most alarmed about. 
No, no, there's no doubt. And I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, you know, you're right. And like, I would almost like unfairly go out of my way to look for examples of players quitting just because it was like an excuse to get Jason out of town. And I know I'm not the only one who did that, you know? Uh, so they could rock. Okay. Let's kind of move on from Jason. Uh, but now you're kind of going, uh, no, I don't think that this day would be better with Jason Garrett. I really don't. I just, you know, this is days after there was already internal strife based on the Jane Slater report, Jerry coming out on his interview on Friday on the fan and basically called it BS and kind of took a shot at Jane. Basically, he basically said she wasn't a credible reporter, which I found that to be BS considering yeah. how that family used her to push their narrative in the in the Dak Prescott. Uh, oh, don't hey, no, 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 don't read too much in that. That's that is what I would call sport for Jerry. That's just Jerry having fun. I know. Yeah. I know for a fact personally. This is me. This isn't hearing sources or anything. I know personally yeah. that. That Jerry has respect for Jane. I know. I know this. This isn't. This isn't something. And here's the other thing. Why do you Jerry say says, that then? Because he likes the. He likes. He's defending his team. There. He's put in a position where he has to defend his team publicly on a radio show. If, well, if then we don't do the radio show if you don't want to be put in those positions. No, How no, no. That? He likes. No, 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 no. He likes being put in those positions because he likes to show the feistiness. He liked in that moment. He gets to show how angered he is, but he gets to show it without taking any shots at his coaches, without taking any shots at his players. So he's going to take it at the reporter, like so that he knows that his players and coaches are going to hear that. So then he thinks it's like he's defending them. I mean, let's be honest here. It's not just Jane. I mean. Ian Redport has had multiple reports in the past that have been true that he's shot down Ian like Ian doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, let me check real quick. Let me look at the roster, guys. Let's see. Let's see here. Hold on. Was Ian wrong about them not being interested in Earl Thomas that Jerry's so adamantly dispute? Let me look. Let me look. I want to see. Hold on. Give me a second, KT. I'm checking the roster yep. to see if all- Earl Thomas, I can't find. I don't see him on there. Let me let me flip it around. No, Earl Thomas is still not on this roster. No, that's sport. Do not buy into that. I will say, though, one that will be lost in this conversation from Friday because the coordinators normally talk on, on, on Mondays, and they will be talking today. I cannot wait for this. But they talked on Fridays last, last week because of the fact that they played a Monday night game. So Mike Nolan's comments probably got lost in it. But Mike Nolan certainly was 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 defending himself. Yes, and, he was. And, and was, not, was not really mincing words about it particularly on that last run, the 69-yard Kenyon Drake touchdown run, he said, he started to say, he didn't finish the saying, but he said, you can lead a horse to water. That right there, I was like, whoa. Like, he is just telling you right there that, like, don't put this completely on the coaches. Like, we can we can only show them so much. They have to take it from there. And went into ex- explanation that there were only two gaps, and there were four guys for each gap to shut down that run. And and the look on his face when you watch the video, uh, he is absolutely dumbfounded. By, and he even said that it bothered him all week looking back on that play because there's no reason that a running back should run through the heart of your defense for 69 yards untouched when you have four guys to cover each each of those gaps. At very least, let him break a couple tackles. And he was adamant about that. And I thought that was very interesting because that, to me, seemed like a shot right back at the players. And then for him to say that a lot of the stuff they're running on defense is very simple, that it's stuff that even high schools run, I mean, that sounds like a shot right back at the players too. And I find it hard to believe that that didn't make its way back in the locker room. History shows that when things start going bad, in general, humans are wired to start taking care of themselves. They start not only that, but themselves. let's remember this. Right, and and, and let, let me just throw this in real quick. Just because these guys come to podiums 
or you read quotes in, in a story or on Twitter and you think that these guys are saying things that are just, you're like, oh, it's the same thing. It's boring, whatever. That's because they're talking to the media. To make it to the level that these guys made it to, you have to be competitive. And I know it doesn't show that on Sundays, but these coaches didn't coach this long to just be like, yeah, you know, we just take shots from the media. It's fine. We just go on with our day. Oh, yeah. No, no. They hear that stuff too. And this is their lives. Believe me. They don't just hear it and go, yeah, oh. the players are mad. Yeah, Mike McCarthy knows he may never get a head coaching job again, especially if this thing fizzles out. You know, let's say let's say just hypothetically he was one and done. Mike McCarthy's not getting hired to be a head coach again, probably. I mean, that's most likely. You know, and Mike Nolan's been a head coach before. That, that opportunity's never going to come for him again, and he may not get a chance to be a defensive coordinator ever again. So, I mean, I, I understand all that stuff. I, I totally get it. Um, I thought Jerry came off looking like an asshole. And that's that's on him. Um, but like everyone in the game, like the guys interviewing, um, uh, that was the KNC masterpiece on the fan. They stood up for Jane. They were like, "Hey, we know she's a credible reporter." Because I think here's my issue with what Jerry said. Now you're, you're right, Jerry, uh, doing that for sport. I understand that. But here's the thing, Jerry, we're not stupid. Okay, so you can have this whole world, or you can construct your own reality and say that it doesn't happen. All this stuff. We are not stupid. And by the way, because of uh, NFL protocols or whatever, or because of the secretness of, of your organization this year, we're not getting as much access to your team. So the things that we do get, if you're going to come out and drop that on us, we are not stupid. All right? As fans, we are not stupid. So don't freaking insult my intelligence as a follower of your team, someone who covers your team, or the millions of people who follow this team, don't go out and insult their intelligence when you're going to put that garbage product out there on the field. Do you I'm think sorry, Jerry, dude. Do you think Jerry's it's 1996. a bit... 1996. Let's go. You do you wake think up. He's, he's delusional in that yes. fact that he... Oh, I mean, in general, yes, but in the, in the fact that he really doesn't think anyone would say that, or he's just trying no, to... No, 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 no. I'm trying to you talk guys, crap this about is, Jane. No, no, guys, like, he guys, knows that is, people are... That players are actually saying stuff like this, right? Because he didn't think there, there is, and yeah, he's... yeah. 100%. This is sport for him, I'm telling you. And I think that KT and I get probably a little bit more defensive than most people because we know Jane, and we know this isn't, like, just some BS report. Like, I've talked to Jane multiple times since this report's come out. There, I have no reason to question anything that she did to report on this. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, like... I've known Jane for a long time. Like she's not going to just potentially throw away her career on making something up like that. Like that's not that's not yeah. what she does. People Let's get her don't on the like pod. The, people don't like the result that have come out. So they're going to point fingers at her, and then Jerry's going to throw some gas on the fire and try and, and, and downplay it too. But no, this this is real, guys. Like the, this isn't made up. She didn't make up who she talked to. The, the players say stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's it's a little bit surprising that they say it on the outside, even as an anonymous source, because, again, we hadn't seen that for the previous 10 years. But that stuff happens in the NFL. Like, she's not making this up. Like, players are not happy with the coaching staff. Like, I don't understand why people think this is just some made-up report. And Jerry is going to defend his team because he's not going to come out there and say that. Like, and, and honestly, to a certain extent, I kind of took what Jerry was saying as, like, well, you don't expect me to make because the way the question was 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 posed to him, it was more about like, does this factor into your decision making? Of course, Jerry's not going to take a couple of anonymous players and then going, yeah, players don't like the coaches. The coaches are all gone. New staffs in here. Like that. That was part of his response too. Is that he's not 
he's not making that a big part of his decision making going forward yeah. with his coaching staff. And, and and rightfully so, nor should he. I don't even care if two players went on the record about that. You wouldn't make that, whoa, 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 we got two guys. I don't even care if it's your top two players. That wouldn't be the end-all, be-all to changing out your coaching staff. So that was part of it, too. But, like, no, I'm telling you, he, this is, he likes to be challenged. Jerry Jones doesn't want to just do a radio interview or any interview where just 10 softballs. He wants you to press him, especially when things aren't going well. Then why did he say that she wasn't a credible reporter? Because that's a bad thing to say. You're Jerry Jones. You have a lot of swing. Like, maybe don't say that. Like, I just, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. I just, look, and I don't know about you, a majority of my following or what I was seeing feedback-wise was people getting Jane's back and just making fun of Jerry. And Jerry coming off as just an, just an old man saying another thing bad about a woman in the industry. Uh, maybe I'm taking it a little too yeah, deep. Yeah, no, I didn't. There, but... I didn't take it that way because I didn't hear him say anything different than I've heard him say about Ian Rapport in the past. So. Okay, yeah, no, no, that's fair. No, that that's totally fair. Um, well, hey man, as the as the tables turn. Wait, no, wait. As the turn, the turntables. Maybe the turn. I know the turntables. <laughs> man, it sucks when you try to quote the office and you miss because you know. It's no, that's what makes it perfect. Tough miss. Um, I mean, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I ain't got anything else to say. Uh, this team's bad. I remember figure it out. back when McCarthy was hired, and I'll have to go back and find the audio on the show, but I remember we had talked about, like, what if, you know, this guy comes in here and they're just immediately horrific. What happens then? I wonder. I want to hear what we said. <laughs> like, like what would have happened? Like, if they start the season one and five or two and four, two and four or whatever it is, you know. Um, and I don't even think that does it justice on on the one and five, two and four, because you have to factor in how they've played, and and when you factor in that on on what they've played these last two mm-hmm. weeks, it's like it makes even the, the the record worse. Like, I think the record, I think their record right now makes them look better than what they really are. I I really believe that. What if they're what if Dak is is still here and they're still they have still have the same record? <laughs> Does McCarthy make it to next year? But Dak, if Dak's their quarterback, and um, they go, you know, two and thirteen or whatever it is, two and yeah, 14. I, I I don't see it's a very very small chance. Like he would have to do something very inappropriate and unprofessional for Mike McCarthy to lose his job. As far as I can, I I, I see it right now. I think I think he's getting at least two years. Um, uh. I'm a diehard Florida State football fan. It was a train wreck and a disaster when they hired Willie Taggart, and they knew it right away. But you don't get rid of a coach just after one year. It just is very rare, unless there's some like just inappropriate behavior, some like fireable offense that that the person did. Uh, just being bad on, on the football field, a coach is going to get more than one year. Again, yeah. like I said, we've seen the track record of when things didn't go well with Jason Garrett. You know, he had a he had to change around assistant coaches. That's what you're going to see in this offseason. I, I I think Mike McCarthy gets at least two years. But hey, let's just let's let's just discuss that real quick. Yeah, when he signed that contract. If you knew he was only going to get two years, what an epic disaster you would have thought that was. Yeah, KT, I, 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 we were talking earlier. I thought that was a really good point of. You know, you brought Mike McCarthy in because you thought this was your way to avoid a rebuild. <laughs> and yeah. now not only are you in a rebuild, but you're in a rebuild with a guy who you probably don't want rebuilding your team, <laughs> right? If you're going to do a rebuild, you probably want a young 
uh, a Lincoln Riley coming in here. And at least if you're going to rebuild, you're building towards the future of what like the league is going towards. Like you're not bringing in this old school guy who's probably the league is probably passing by in a lot of ways, uh, rebuilding your your squad and, and saying, all right, well. Uh, my work here is done. Have fun with this for the next five years while everybody passes you by, right? Like, if, they, if they're if they going to rebuild, like, might as well be a clean break and at least bring somebody in that's going to innovate uh, things um, beyond Absolutely. Uh, where they are. Well, no, and they might be able to do that without a head coaching change. And what I'm thinking mm. is happens is because Mike was willing to go with Kellen Moore as his OC, who's to say that he's not go- willing to go with a really young, innovative defensive coordinator where he pretty much gives them – full autonomy to do whatever he they want on that defense and pitches that to Jerry is this is us turning the corner. This will be the future of what we do here as opposed to going with Mike Nolan, who's been in the league for a long time. Maybe they go that route on defense. And I don't know who that person would be, but I maintain that, hey, as an offensive head coach, your most important hire is your defensive coordinator. If you're a defensive head coach, your most important hire is your offensive coordinator because you, you're not going to be on that side of the ball that much. So, I mean, obviously this is an indictment right here because it doesn't look good that his hire on defense is Mike Nolan, but I could see them pitching it in this off season as if they bring in uh, a younger up and coming defensive mind that they think, Hey, this guy can turn this thing around. He's going to have full say in everything that goes on in this defense. Uh, maybe that's something that happens there to try and get things turned. And, and Mike McCarthy seems like he's fine with being what Jerry Jones wants. And obviously he wanted in Jason Garrett. And that's more of a CEO walk around head coach as opposed to having your hand in every little part of the game. And so that's yeah. one thing that keep an eye on is that is that the next DC, if, if they do, in fact, uh, part ways with Mike Nolan. Well, in Green Bay, they would not part ways with Dom Capers until way past time. They there were at least that. some wins there. Uh, that you there are a lot of wins, but they, you know, they they rip they did not rip that bandaid off when everyone there thought the bandaid should have been ripped off in like 2013 or something, you know, and the bandaid didn't get ripped off till it was time to really get, let McCarthy go. So one, one last one last thing to discuss real quick here, and it's probably not fair to discuss it, but that's not. The, I mean, let's not say we haven't done that before in here. Um, <laughs> Let's go real quick to the Andy Dalton hit because Adam Schefter just reported that John Bostic will not be suspended oh my um, God. for that for that hit. And so because of that, um, uh, you know, I, I want to just I, I'm and this I don't want this to come off as me saying it's anything about Andy Dalton because I think the same would have been the case if it was Ben DiNucci or Gil, Garrett Gilbert with the flan, with the with the players not reacting, the Cowboys players the way they they did not react to that hit. But I will say this: this went through my head, so that's why I'm bringing it up. There's just no way I see Dak Prescott taking that hit and some players not going after John Bostic. And, and 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 if anything, that says more, I guess, about Dak's leadership and what he means to the team. But the way that there wasn't any response from the Cowboys players on that, just it really stood out to me because I just don't think there's any way that they would have had the same, same response with Dak. Maybe it's because they don't know Andy as well. He's, he's a new player on the team. Like I said, Ben DiNucci, Garrett Gilbert, maybe it's the same way. But... Man, can you just imagine how much worse it would have been if if he would have hit Dak like that and nobody went went after John Bostic? Yeah, no, you definitely would have seen that. I think part of it, I think it's a just the point of the game that the team was sleepwalking through that game. Um, but I think B, I think that hit was just so so brutal. Like, dude, you saw what more. What's going reaction. on at the NFL, man? That's that's as blatant as it gets. If that's yeah, not no, a suspension, what the hell are they doing? I mean, that is ridiculous. I, 
I agree. You actually saw more reaction, though, from the Washington uh, football team than you did the Cowboys players. Like, Washington guys were like, oh, God, no. Oh, no. Uh, I'm with you. I, I thought that would be a, a game for sure. Um, and then go from there. But, I mean, they're trying to protect quarterbacks, too. It's like the whole point of, uh, of you know, all these rules that they've done. So, uh, that seems that – seems, that's got to be a hefty fine coming his way, I, I would I would guess. But, yeah, no, I'm with you. That should be a suspension. Seems like it should be. But um, So now, now uh, KT, we can end on this. Uh-huh. Um, where do you think this team finishes in the division? <laughs> Clearly, um, I think Philadelphia Man. is probably going to be going to be better than them. But um, you know, New York, Washington, See, you taking them over Dallas uh, the rest of the way? New York and Washington yes. actually have some direction. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, those are growing football teams. Um, so yeah, I I I think the Cowboys are going to finish in last place. A little dead last action. Yeah. Nice. In, 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 no... in a historically bad division. Yeah. They're going downhill. <laughs> you know, they're, they're they're going back down the hill. They're, they're trying to climb the mountain, and they fell, and they dropped their water canister, and they have to go down and get it. Meanwhile, everyone else is just kind of easily pickaxing their way up Mount Everest. Um, I, I think the Eagles are, are not far from, from falling down that hill, too, if, if a couple things went wrong. I mean, obviously, they're – Offensive line is bad, and if if Wentz got hurt again, I could see the Eagles kind of falling down that mountain as well. But like the Giants and the and, and Washington, they're actually growing football teams. Um, I don't love Kyle Allen, but Kyle Allen can do some things that that will win you a couple games. And Daniel Jones is growing, and they're trying to build an offensive line around those guys. Like they're at least you know they at least have something to look forward to possibly. Yep. Uh, this Cowboys team has nothing to look forward to in the immediate future. And that's a sad thing well, to say. Well, tune in next time. We'll talk about oh. it. <laughs> so, hey, uh, nothing to look forward to. We'll see you next time. Ready for the Eagles Sunday night? We're going to get you <laughs> yeah. geared up. Yeah. Um, yeah, a Cowboys-Eagles game like none other, right? Well, we will have another podcast. There will be more Cowboys storylines. Uh, I'm sure Jerry will have an interview again on the radio. We'll see if he calls out another reporter's integrity, John. Um, I hope it's mine. I, I do too, man, because that would be great content for the show. In fact, I'm going to see if uh, one of those guys in the morning show over there on the fan will just pepper in. What do you think of Mishota? Um, <laughs> see if they can get that out just kind of off the mix. Do his memes for, and gifts during the game bother you? Can you just, yeah. imagine, can you just imagine Jerry scrolling through his through, scrolling through his flip phone, checking Twitter, and getting angry because I'm I'm post I'm posting memes, making fun of the way the team. How playing. do you think Jerry reads your column, John? Do you think somebody prints it off and brings it to him? Because you don't know yeah. Jerry. Jerry has the athletic app on his uh, iPhone there. <laughs> no, but that's how they do it for um, for everybody, for like the with players the players, with the coaches. Yeah, it's it's the PR staff prints off all the articles and and i found out recently within the last year also that's what uh, happens with the tweets too yeah jerry so i heard Steven jerry, and jerry gets his, are getting his tweets printed off yeah all yeah, the player they're tweets. printed off on it yeah so he's on twitter it's the paper version <laughs> that's, that's so unreal good. why are they still reading the comment section my, i'm not saying that's but you guys at the comment section at this my point right? videos and gifs during games they don't translate via paper Jerry's not getting the real experience. He needs mm. to be on Twitter to, hey, to really need, take these in. You need to get the full 
father of drum machete. You don't get this thing. When, when I'm putting up, when this thing's an absolute disaster, and I'm putting up a, a, a video of Stanley from The Office getting up and leaving and saying, that's it, I'm done. That doesn't done. translate. That doesn't translate on, on, on paper. Now, what is this meme that he just posted? <laughs> it's called a meme, Jerry. It's, it's from a popular show called The Office. Uh, all right, for our producer, Kit Garrison, for Father John Mashoda, I'm Kevin K.T. Turner. Look, we're going to be back later in the week, whether you like it or not. We're coming back, and we're going to talk Cowboys-Eagles and other stuff. And that's next time on About Them Cowboys. <laughs>